Welcome to the Friends with Opinions podcast, episode 12. Today I'm joined by a good friend, Jadeep Kanungo, and we're just catching up on some things going on in the NHL, including the World Cup of Hockey and a breaking news trade between the Minnesota Wild and the Carolina Hurricanes. And we also uh, check in on the Edmonton Oilers. So thanks for joining us. What's going on? Hey, JD. What's shaking, buddy? Uh, not much. Just uh, just going over uh, some of the news from the World Cup fallout. Yeah, the World Cup. Uh, so what are your thoughts? I saw you had a quite a, a volcanic-like take on an athletic comment section. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing to me because, um, you know, I think when people are talking about the World Cup being cancelled, they're like, oh, and and this is what this means for the CBA negotiations, right? But they're not, they're not talking about like what this means, like how hockey fans are being deprived of watching best on best international competition. Right. So, so like the last true best on best would have been 2014. It's going to be like eight years and we're not even sure if they're going to go to the Olympics in 2022. Right. And and their whole argument for like not going to the Olympics in 2018 was oh well you know um we're gonna do our own thing we're gonna do the world cup and when they just sort of like cancel it it's ridiculous how um we're being deprived of that like like right now all the best and how do they sorry go ahead have like exceptional talent like top end elite talent we talked about it last week finland sweden russia Finland has yeah. arrived. It's a real and top five not, now. Uh, Going to be able to see that, so that's uh, that's a bit of a joke. Oh, and uh, yeah, I, I just... agree. And I think yeah, and I think the thing is with the World Cup of Hockey, it's like they expect us to care and shell out all kinds of cash when it rolls around. You know, a couple of years ago, but then clearly they don't care if they just some benign press release. Oh, it's not going to happen. We're scrapping it. Like. Is there a thought it might not even come back, right? It might even just become a whole other beast if ever they come back with World Cup as being a, a name for hockey. Yeah, like it, the like 2004, they had the World Cup, and they brought it back 12 years later. And then it was just sort of like um, the importance of it was lost. And uh, yeah. the same thing's happening. Like, it's just basically devalued the entire tournament, right? So, so that's good. Yeah. So, anyways, there's a there's a trade actually that's just happened. It's come down the news wire. Breaking, breaking news. news? Yeah, so, oh yeah. So what today's was that? breaking news is um, Minnesota Wild. They've traded forward Nino Niederreiter uh-huh. to the Carolina oh, wow. for Victor Rask. Oh, oh really? Interesting. Yeah. Wow, breaking news! I did not even see that. I was just on the Twitter. Oh yeah. Feed. So I guess Niederreiter this year. Uh, you know, not great year this year. Forty six games played, only nine goals, twenty three points. Yeah. And then uh, Victor Rask, yeah. I think, has sort of been a bit underwhelming this year as well. But I think it's probably like two players they're hoping for. It's like a change of scenery trade, right? Like they're hoping that the change of scenery is gonna bring them up. But it's also like a center for a winger type situation. I don't know. It's tough to assess p- players like Niederreiter because when he first came into the league, remember like his first year, he had like 40 games and he had like literally zero points. Like people were amazed at how he was able to like accomplish just zero points. Like you can't just get a lucky bounce where you make a, like a neutral zone pass and then, you know, your teammate goes up. But 
he has had some good years. He's got that power yeah. forward game. So I think Niederreiter has some potential there. But And Rask, he's kind of somebody that I never really thought would have too much, uh, you know, top-end talent. But he has been put in, like, a top-six role for Carolina and produced when he's put in that role. But he's to me, he's kind of like one of these guys that, like, Good stats on a yeah. bad team. Well, uh, so guy, this year, you know? Rask has so. six points in 26 games. So he's probably been hurt a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so we talked about, uh, I remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Strom for Spooner. Uh, you know, sort of like yeah. guys that are in their mid-20s that, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential for both of these guys. And now that they're 25, yeah. 26, they're sort of like teams are just like, ah, you know, this guy isn't that great. So they try and get the next yeah. sort of reclamation project. You know, they try and they know these guys are sort of um, sort of plateaued and they are mm-hmm. what they are. There's not much room now for growth. Uh, yeah. And I guess just like digesting this, uh, this news, just, I, I mean, Carolina to me is kind of like a boring team. Like they don't, they're not exciting. They're not like, uh, you know, game center got a team that i'm going to be looking for um but the wild i feel like have had this potential and they have had you know you know every so often it's like these teams get become like the vaunted prospect pipeline but then the team itself doesn't really happen like the florida panthers have been that quite a bit um the st louis blues um with like Cairo and everything and then i feel like minnesota has been that team too where they have uh you know luke cunning joel erickson and I'm interested to see now with Niederreiter gone. I'm not actually actually sure like how much Niederreiter is playing or where in the lineup, but I think this is going to elevate Jordan Greenway, who's a fan, a player oh, yeah. I'm a fan of. So I'm interested to see like with Niederreiter gone, then it might impact Greenway. You know, one of the Wilds like top prospects we kept hearing about. And then the other thing is is Rask being a center. Maybe he's going to slide into the third line, which is where Joel Eriksson Eck I think mm. was playing. And um, because you got, you know, uh, Koivu and Stahl. And then maybe Erickson Eck, I think he's been sent down to the minors recently. So he's been a bit of a disappointment in that he was a top prospect. And they're trying to get him in the third line and kind of work his way up. But the offense doesn't seem to come. So I think this trade really, like, impacts a few things for which young players are kind of being favored in Minnesota. It seems like Greenway over Erickson Eck in the totem pole, I guess, right now. Um but, you know, Erickson Eck is still young. He's a really big player, um, and he's rangy, and he does have some offensive ability, um, yeah. seemingly. But, yeah, so, I don't know, Nita Ryder, I mean, again, yeah, these these two players are, like, so hot and cold. Like, when they're hot, they're great. They're good, you know, they're really good. But they can just go so cold. It's like, what can you do with a player when they just absolutely crater, you know, yeah. on the roster? And I think it's, like, interesting to see the Habs sending a guy like Alsner down a big contract where it's like, Hey, like it's actually a detriment to have you in the lineup. So we're not going to just keep parading you out there just because you have a big figure on your salary. And I think probably more and more teams, the more as NHL, just competitiveness keeps rising. Um, maybe they'll For start sure. looking like at that GMs more. Have to become um, more ruthless, right? Because if you're pushing, and I think this whole developing a player, like developing a prospect in the NHL, like, even Eric Sinek, like as a third line, I just don't agree with it. If they're not ready, then they're not going to necessarily develop, you know, in the NHL. I just feel like their confidence 
is yeah. going to get sh- is shattered in that. So, um, I mean, obviously the thing with Minnesota as well, they've always been uh, sort of a middle, like a middle to above average team. So they never really draft the, the absolute studs. Um, I guess Matt Dumba would be a potential Yeah, he stud. was a, yeah, but, I think uh, he's impressive. They have a good team. They have good depth, but they just can't reach that upper echelon elite yeah, level. But it's I because think the, the difference maker that they're they need and they're probably waiting for but might be you know not until twenty twenty type thing uh, is that Kirill Kaprasov. I think if he came over, in my opinion, he would instantly be their best player. And he would just raise uh, you know, all the boats on their team and I think he could be a game changer for I them. Think so, eh? So right now, so yeah, I think he's in, electric. Yeah, KHL, thirty-two points, forty-five in... games played. Yeah, um, he's also like a type of guy that I think is sort of like, you know, like why was he not uh, a high draft pick, right? I, I think. Well, yeah. the reason is because he's uh, when was he drafted, and he's like it's like he's, dra- he's a fifth round pick. So in twenty fifteen, is a fifth round pick. Yeah, exactly, yeah. though. But 2015, right now it's 2019. And I just said he may not come back until 2020. I think yeah. when they're drafting, the timeline of when the player would be ready factors into the draft position. It's not just top-end talent, you know? A guy right now that's 21 years old is uh, um, he's actually uh, third on his team in scoring right now with CSK Moscow. So, uh, Mikhail Gregorenko leading the team in scoring. 41 points, 44 games. Lyndon Bay, uh, Vancouver Canucks fame, is second in scoring. 33 points in 45 games. Kaprasov, 32 yeah. points. It's hard to say, um, though, and, like, not knowing the context of, like, the league in KHL. Like, is he on a good team, a bad team? You know, is do they have a good power play? Like, is there missing a huge piece on the power play? Like, I don't know. It's kind of, I feel like it's kind of hard to judge. I'm more, like, Looking See, at like, when I've seen him play, like he's for just sure. electric. Like. I mean, I would have said the same for Mikhail Granlund uh, when he was coming up. He was considered the best player. He's a very good player, though. Right? He now. is. He is. But he's not like um, he's a great player. He's actually almost a point a game, just under a point a game. So it's maybe like a seventy-point player, I guess. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. It is, but so so that's the thing with the Minnesota Wild, though they they don't have that uh, like one of the elite players in the NHL. Yeah, know? yeah, and that's I why think they're a mid league team. Parise and that... Suter were supposed to be that, right? Yeah, they took their big swing with them with with those those two players. Which I don't, I think especially Suter. I mean, I don't think that's worked out poorly at all. Um, I guess Parise's had injuries, and yeah, he's definitely not the same player. He was when he was in New Jersey, um, but that just might be like eight expected age. Um, I don't know how much of I think like De- Devin Dubnik is part of the problem, in my opinion. Part as well, of the problem, I think he props that team up actually quite a bit. He's always. I'm uh, a little bit biased uh, in my opinion on him, uh, but it's just it, it's it's for me the my problem with his game is that when things are going bad, his body language is just so bad, and I just as a fan of him when he was in the on the Oilers. And like when he let a goal in, and just his whole body would just slouch to the to the ice, it like you know kind of knocked me down a peg in terms of my energy level. Never mind like his own team. And then you let in two, three, and then the same body language is just like okay, well. But you know what? Like we can't do anything here. I think like since he left Edmonton, there's been yeah he's been in Minnesota now since uh, 2015. 
I would say. Yeah, 2015 is with Arizona trade to Minnesota. I think he's got enough body of work right now where he's actually been probably one of the best goalies in the NHL uh, over the last four or five I years. agree on the numbers. I agree I agree with you that on the numbers, if you look at it as a whole, game to game, I'm not necessarily saying he's the problem, but like I'm not – I don't have much confidence in this team's ability to win the Cup. And for me, it's like when it comes down to a seven-game series and you see the same shooters night after night, I think – the shooters can figure him out in a series. And then once he cracks, then you like the whole, uh, it's going to demoralize the whole team, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, I agree with you, though, that in terms of if you look at just the raw numbers, yeah, he's got a then nine, it's hard to argue that he's the problem there. Save percentage with the Minnesota Wild um, over his four and a half, five seasons there. And yeah. I think if you're to look over that time span, that's probably one of the best goals against average in the league. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways. So uh, how about the Carolina side of this? Um, oh, yeah. Maybe we should look at that because it's just it's just funny how things have kind of worked out that the the owner is saying that he'll never take a defenseman in the first round. Like he just wants forwards to have like fun when he's watching the game. But in the same time, in the offseason, they traded Jeff Skinner who's absolutely lighting it up, um, although granted, you know, he's playing with Jack Eichel in Buffalo, but he's like top five in goal scoring in the league. Um, and who's that day? And Elias Lindholm as well in the Calgary trade. Yeah, so that away. deal has sort of worked out uh, poorly, yeah. I guess. Uh, but I, but again, though, like, I mean, Lindholm, if he stayed in Carolina, not necessarily putting up those numbers, right? Because he's not playing with Monaghan and Goudreau, so it's hard to, you know, really put that on them and kind of assume that uh, Lindholm's the same player. But at the end of the day, they found situ- there was other situations and Carolina couldn't figure out those situations to get the most out of Lindholm and Skinner. And now they're like craving for top six forwards. Do we think Niederreiter has a chance to be better than those two players or at least how those two players are performing? Like pretty doubtful. So they're yeah. just trying, trying to play catch up here. Just trying to grasp at straws a little bit here. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm... I, I mean, Victor Rask, I mean, you're not necessarily giving up that much upside anyway so i mean i don't think the risk is that high either yeah so you can sort of see how this team this deal does sort of work out for both teams because uh you know with nino niederreiter they maybe get a bit of a scoring option uh victor rask actually on daily face-offs been less less good to be centering the fourth line yeah uh any sort of i mean it's not like they've got great center depth as well they've got aho greg mckeg lucas walmark Oh, wow. So that's pretty bad then. I yeah. guess Niederreiter is a good guess. I mean, Jordan Stahl has been injured as well, I guess, this year. But uh, Oh, right. He was doing really well, though, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, I, you know, I guess his injury has sort of harmed them. So, yeah, maybe if they get Jordan Stahl back and he pairs with, uh, you know, because Eric Stahl was with uh, Minnesota. Was he playing with uh, Niederreiter? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah. the thing with Carolina that I just find laughable um, – it's just like this ongoing narrative that like their defense is somehow vaunted and like is one of the best defenses in the league. And, you know, I think that like Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci and these guys a couple years ago were maybe unknown and underrated because people didn't appreciate and recognize what they did. But at this stage, like there's not like these guys are lighting the world on fire, or putting up 50 points a year. They're good defensemen, but I don't know. It's just and Justin Falk is like on their third pair, so he's not necessarily like the power play guy that he was 
a few years ago. I think because uh, these guys the just Hannafin moved really for well. Hamilton deal may have been a bit of a mistake as well. Like Hamilton, I don't know, something up with Hamilton. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I think uh, the thing with Carolina defensemen is that they just move the puck really well, and yeah. uh, they they generate shots. Like still, like this year, they're like one of the top five teams in uh, in uh, you know five on five possession stats on shooting metrics. Um, they've been playing a little bit better as of late, but they're still sort of uh, like as of today, they're still seven points uh, behind the Penguins for a playoff spot. So that's a bit of a gap to make up. Um, they've got a minus 11 goal difference. Um, so mm-hmm. they are sort of where they are in spite of their shooting metrics. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, doesn't that kind of show that it's not just about total shots, like the, the shot quality has to be considered. Like if their defensemen are just getting, gaining the zone and toss it on net with nobody in front, like, yeah, I think that's been been one of the criticisms of uh, Carolina. And I think even obviously uh, not working, you know, is my point. Yeah. And I guess Bill Peters has been, uh, you know, before this past season uh, or before this current season, Bill Peters was sort of criticized that uh, they do put a lot of emphasis on shot, but shot quality is, is maybe something left to be desired. But uh, yeah, anyways, I think I think this deal is sort of a, a bit of a wake up call, shake up type situation for both teams. It's a change, yeah, changes um, scenery. I think. Yeah, and who knows? Like, I think both players probably over the next two weeks they'll put up some points. Everyone will be like, "This is a win win situation for these teams." And yeah. then I think both players will then sort of just turn into uh, sort of the middling, um, nondescript. Uh, underwhelming guys that they sort of turned into. Yeah, I mean, Niederreiter, it seemed like, you know, it was a time that you might think he could get 30 goals in a yeah, year. He's, but, yeah, um, he's got the, he had the pedigree. He always, he always, you know, I think you're more likely to give a guy that's drafted top five in a draft uh, the benefit of the doubt that he's going to achieve that potential. Uh, but, you know, when you get to 25, 26 years of age, Niederreiter right now is 26 years of age. And, you know, it doesn't really quite pan out. Um, you just sort of wonder whether, uh, yeah, I just wonder whether whether he will pan out at all, right? Yeah, I guess Carolina. They need. They just need another first pick. They need Nekash and uh, Sveshnikov to be like their first line and be legit. Um, and then you know we'll see. But I just think that their defense is overrated. And uh, yeah, they did not had great goaltending either. That's one of their uh, weaknesses. As well. True, true. I think, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, but they've tried a lot of different goalies, but yeah, they haven't necessarily had that go-to guy. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so you're you're off to uh, Portland to watch some uh, Portland Winterhawks. Yeah, I'm going to watch some Portland Winterhawks. Uh, see some Cody Glass, um, a Vegas Golden Knights prospect. So it'll be interesting having just seen him a couple weeks ago um, against Team Can on Team Canada at the World Juniors, and then seeing him in the you know home environment in whl um yeah i gotta check the schedule of who they're playing but yeah it should be good uh catch some whl action we'll have to go see the royals uh, are the royals doing pretty good these days or what uh yeah they've been uh they've actually been pretty competitive they've there's been a lot of talk about the royals not sort of having the, the high-end talent um and you know it's interesting they traded one of their popular players that's an overager dante Henry. they traded him to prince albert yeah, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise 
because uh, you know he's sort of a constant uh, threat. Uh, he's a guy that's five five, maybe one hundred fifty pounds, but uh, at the WHL level, he's definitely a dynamic. Uh, scoring tickler and as an overager um, he was sort of relied on but I guess uh, yeah the Royals right now are second in their division the BC division and um, yeah I, think and I saw, I saw you uh, you kind of exploded with a bit of a tweet storm in regards to that Hanoon trade you well, were not too I, happy to see yeah, him get moved I was a bit uh, saddened to see him move because uh, you know I have an affinity for those guys that are small that work hard that mm-hmm. uh that have a lot of skill that will never get uh, appreciation from scouts and thus hockey fans because I was like, oh, that guy will never play in the NHL. But the reality is, is that he was a great player to watch. He was with the Royals for a long time, since like 2013 or 2014. So yeah, it was a little bit sad because I, you know, I moved to Victoria in 2015, 16, and he was one of the guys that I sort of noticed right away. And, you know, he started to develop a little bit of a, uh, a kinship with those type of players and so it was sad to go- see him go yeah yeah i guess uh t- chatting a bit so last night i got the i went to the canucks oilers game here in vancouver and thankfully my my oilers chia's son scored the overtime uh, shootout winner oh yeah um, it was a highly entertaining game yeah alex chia's son um <laughs> and scored a nice one it was a good goaltender duel duel and uh yeah that oilers are just so up and down, so hot and cold, Jekyll and Hyde, whatever you want to call it. And thankfully, they're on a two-game win streak right now. Koskinen's uh, started the last two, and they have a big game against Calgary coming up here on the weekend. Um, but yeah, it just Shirelli just seems like he's trying to do anything he can to make something happen and just claim Colby Cave. So we'll see. He looks okay out there. But people talking in the news that, Everyone's on the table. The first rounders on the table. So, yeah, the Oilers. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I just don't understand why. Like, if we're going to be pulling all these moves, why Chiarelli should stay in the role? Because even like the moves he's doing this year, like they haven't really improved the team. Like he's continuing to make the team yeah worse. Like, you like, know, like, like um, he's strong... sort of like churning through moves right because like yeah and every move gets a worse asset like in the lineup like spooner was like not even playing yesterday so they traded strom who actually was like a decent third line center like he wasn't getting the offense going but i felt like defensively like he was active in his own zone and he's got the skating and you know who knows why but in on on the rangers he has been putting up points um and i would have been curious to see what hitchcock could have done with him but then you trade him who's a decent asset for um, who's an okay asset. He's not amazing, but you trade him for a guy who's getting scratched. And then we traded Kajula. I don't necessarily think Kajula's doing amazing yet with Chicago, um, but I guess he had some visa issues. But Brandon Manning has been getting scratched. <laughs> and uh, it's like he's getting scratched. And then I guess Petrovic's injured right now. But Petrovic, I've liked him in the past, but seeing like a little bit of like one of the games he played, he just does seem a bit like on the slower side, more of that like, bruising defenseman and it's just like does Shirelli just not get it like the things things have changed you know like having these big bruising defensemen isn't a great asset so then now that kind of situation is out there and the Manning yeah. deal is for next year too for 2.5 and it's like it's just uh he's kind of making it worse you know it's uh and yeah. why not just get rid of him and then get somebody else to use these still variable assets 
And I am worried that my son, Yasapul Yarvi, is going to be traded. Um, because it's, I just feel like he's been done a disservice. They didn't handle his development properly. I'm watching the other like players out there. They don't trust him. Like, there's a short pass available to Pul Yarvi. They don't really pass it to him. Like, they'll kind of like look him off and then dump it in, you know? And it's like, let's get this guy the puck with a full head of steam in the neutral zone and he can gain entry. Like, he's really good at gaining entry of the zone. But the other players don't seem to utilize him in that manner. They don't yeah, trust him in there. And I guess, true. you know, I'm not, 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 not saying that Pul Yarvi hasn't like received the past and, you know, fumbled it and then it's gone the other way. And then the guy who made the pass looks bad too because he's all involved in the play. So I get why that is because he's young and maybe that's why he should be in the AHL type thing, right? But um, but it's just if the, the trust isn't there, the, he's not going to have teammates that can play with him. He's a skill player. He wants to pass it back and forth. Then you're not going to utilize his full game. So, so what do you think? Just, uh, what do you think they should do with him? Send him back to the AHL, or uh, should they? Like, you know, I think it'd be a shame if they traded him without sort of uh, trying to optimize uh, the conditions for him, right? So maybe he's not ready for the NHL level. Maybe there's still things he needs to work on. And uh, I don't know if it's like, uh, yeah, like, I, I guess if I was the coach, like I would almost try to talk to some of the other players and. I don't know, maybe convince them, like somehow build the trust among the players. Like that's what I see that the other, it's not just coaching. It's not just how they're deploying him and who they're playing with. But if the other players aren't going to pass it to you in a tight spot, then you're not going to get the puck on your, your stick to do what you're good at. Like when it's a good player, sometimes a, the teammate might just toss it towards him. Like, cause they know he's going to pick it out of the air. It's a pretty Bergeron. He's going to pick it out of the air and he'll have the puck. So they can just wire a pass. But when it's a guy like Puyarvi who, yeah, he does fumble the puck and he does make mistakes. And um, he's like a Bambi out there. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to use his limbs yet. Right? Yeah, so, whenever I watch him play, he just seems a little bit uh, He's lost, raw. but it's like, I, find, I feel like his teammates aren't helping him be found because they're not trusting him well, and they're not maybe, playing with him. They're not playing off of him. And make, maybe I don't they know can if that's Puyarvi's to... fault or if it's... A combination, right? Yeah, maybe they can just loan him to the KHL or something. Just uh... oh, fuck <laughs> off, KHL. Well, what I, I the hell is for, your problem? Uh, or something in the KHL. Get out of here. Um, well, you know, like I don't know what the what the solution is. He's clearly too good for the AHL. He is uh... he too clearly too good for the AHL? Is he? I don't see why he's clearly too good for the AHL. Okay, well, send him down to the AHL. Then. Send him down. Clearly... I agree. Yamamoto should be down. Yeah. I don't know so... what the hell Yamamoto doesn't do anything. Yeah. He doesn't well... get anything done, and I don't blame him. He's so what about what, what do you size? We got to put him in the AHL. What do you think about uh, Nolan Patrick? We were talking about that last night, oh, just yeah. uh, off the air as well. Like, is that uh, is that a swap that you could see uh, teams would be interested in the Flyers and the Oilers? So Nolan Patrick this year, this guy was a second overall pick in 2017. Yeah. This year, he only has 15 points. Uh, yeah. Now he's got some injury issues. Um, he sort of had injury issues going back. To uh, no, I don't think he's had as many as a pro, as an NHL. Oh, so he's been a healthy scratch this year? Has he been healthy scratch? Has he well, been missing only... games? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's missed a handful of games, I guess. Not not too much, I guess. But Yeah, I think like I expected him to be like, you know, injured for half a season type thing. So I guess if he's missing just a couple games here or there or for a couple weeks, then I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not overreacting to that because that kind of happens to every player. But in his draft year, 
he was injured like pretty much the whole year and he had an injury in the past. He really had one really good juniors year, like not his draft year, but the year before. Yeah. He ripped it up in the, in the playoffs and that's where his entire credit has come from. Um, and obviously like his whole body of work in the WHL. Um, and he does get quite a good role on the flyers. I think he's like often the second line center playing with like a Voracek. Um, so yeah, it's kind of baffling why he's not putting up the numbers, but yeah. I just think he's like one of those guys who's ve- like very good at everything, but yeah. he's not like elite at anything either. And when you're very good at everything in the WHL, then I think as a package, you can be elite and have that edge. But in the NHL, I feel like you need to have like some sort of elite skill or elite ability to get over, uh, the other teams i guess in regards to patrick and pull yarby i mean i could see the oilers maybe going for that because you know patrick i don't know if he's necessarily younger but yeah. i don't know i think probably similar i could age. see uh-huh. I, I could see definitely the oilers being in on that i'm not sure like so you think pull yarby would fit on the flyers like i think the flyers kind of need patrick to be a center because when they traded Braden Shen. Well, they've got um, uh, they kind of plug Patrick Couturier, into right? Shen's slot, right? Yeah, they've got uh, Giroux and Couturier. Uh, but usually they play good. Couturier and Giroux. Like Giroux, they've been playing more as a winger in the oh, last yeah. couple of years on Couturier's wing because I guess as a center, he wasn't necessarily put, he had kind of a dip in his production. But last season, when they put him back on uh, the wing, when they put him on the wing with Couturier, he had like a amazing year last year like over 90 points so i think patrick they're kind of counting on to be that second line center so i'm not sure yeah you know, I suppose that it's would hard. work i mean but... he's still a young guy and, and i guess they have the experience of couturier also sort of uh not bringing the offense until a little bit later um yeah exactly. in his career so whether you want to give up on that kind of potential right now, i think it's so early um, for like both these players and you know, Pooley Harvey, that's what you said it right. That it'd just be such a travesty to like give up on the guy when he's like 20 years old. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're telling me this guy is like a bust because he's when he's 20? Like, you were just saying guys who are 25, 26 um, in that trade that happened today that, you know, then there's going to be questions marks of like the longevity of the career. But when a guy is 20, when like he probably, in my opinion, this should have been his like rookie year or his second year in the AHL. So if you look at it from that lens, I feel like he's not that like far behind. Um, And even like a guy, like obviously like the production is not even in the close, but even lining like his buddy lining, I feel like lining is not even close to scratching the surface of what he could do. Like his, he goes through like prolonged slumps, um, and he's very much like still figuring it out. So um, I, I don't know. Just Pooley Irvy just seems like he's trying to figure out a like how to use his limbs and b like how to fit into the team and like fit in with his line mates. And I think part of that is, and you know, I could be wrong. Maybe it's all Pooley Irvy, but part of that is like getting. I'm, I just hope the or the other line mates that he's with look to play with him. You know, instead of just like each individual player following the game plan of like okay dump it in go after it you know pass it along the boards to the guy yeah you. like just it's just such a dump and chase game and i was hoping like hitchcock would change some of that but the controlled entries like basically our three best players well these three best uh four best like three best forwards for controlled entry are our centers right 
after that, among our wingers, I feel like Puljujarvi is the best one. So, um, and but they don't use him like that. So, yeah, it's interesting um, the, um, how that goes. But yeah, okay, buddy. Well, it's All been right. great talking, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, great recording. We'll uh, see you next time. Enjoy Portland. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, buddy. All right, see Take you. Bye. Bye-bye.